You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. When I present Carmelite Conversations. Well, hello there. This is Francis Harry on Carmelite Conversations here on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We're so glad to be with you. Um, we have a great topic tonight. It's humility, the bedrock of prayer and spiritual growth. And you're going to say, ah, we said that last week. You're right, we did. This is a series. This is number two in this series. And um, I'm so glad that we're going to continue discussing this because it is huge for our growth in the spiritual life. And on this day of the Feast of St. Alphonsus Liguori, we ask for his special intercession to help us. So I'm glad you're here with us. And if you want to call in and ask questions, uh, you can call in toll-free at one 866 333 6279. Again, it's 866 You know, we uh, just finished the World Youth Day in Poland from July 26th to the 31st this year, 2016, in Krakow, Poland. Thanks be to God. This was such a hope-filled event. And Pope Francis, in his homily on July 28th, reflected on the coming of God into human history, not by a triumphal entrance or striking epiphany, but rather in the simplest of ways. He said, and I quote, Thus, contrary to our expectations and perhaps even our desires, the kingdom of God, now as then, does not come in a way that attracts attention, but rather in littleness, in humility. I want to focus on that humility. And then, of course, Pope John Paul II, who's now a saint, um, who initiated the first World Youth Day uh, back in 1986. He said, and I quote, Do not be afraid to be holy. Have the courage and humility to present yourselves to the world determined to be holy, since full, true freedom is born from holiness. So we can see from just these two quotes that the importance of humility um, being emphasized by our our popes continues even to this day. So that's why we're going to continue this conversation because there's so much more to learn. And Mark and I began it last week, but unfortunately he wasn't able to be with me this week. So I do have a special guest that I will introduce in just a minute um, who will uh, help uh, in uh, sharing what we can learn about humility. But as always, I would like to begin with an opening prayer. And this one is called Prayer to Obtain Humility. It's by St. Therese of Lisieux, our doctor um, of the Discalced Carmelites. Um, There is a book called The Prayers of St. Therese of Lisieux, and it is an ICS publication. And this prayer is in it in case you want to pray it yourselves again and again and again, because it's a very potent prayer. Let's get recollected and get quiet, knowing Jesus is present within, and let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, when you were a pilgrim on earth, you said, Learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. O mighty monarch of heaven, yes, my soul finds rest in seeing you, clothed in the form and nature of a slave, humbling yourself to wash the feet of your apostles. I recall your words that teach me how to practice humility. I have given you an example so that you may do what I have done. The disciple is not greater than the master. If you understand this, 
Happy are you if you put them into practice. Lord, I do understand these words that came from your gentle and humble heart, and I want to practice them with the help of your grace. I want truly to humble myself and to submit my will to that of my sisters. I do not wish to contradict them, nor see whether or not they have the right to command me. O oh, my beloved, no one had this right over you, and yet you obeyed not only the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph, but even your executioners. Now in the sacred host, I see you at the height of your annihilations. How humble you are, O divine King of glory, to subject yourself to all your priests without making any distinction between those who love you and those who are, alas, lukewarm or cold in your service. At their word, you come down from heaven. Whether they advance or delay the hour of the holy sacrifice, you are always ready. O oh, my beloved, how gentle and humble of heart you seem under the veil of the white host. To teach me humility, you cannot humble yourself further. Therefore, to respond to your love, I desire that my sisters always put me in the lowest place, and I want to convince myself that this place is indeed mine. I beg you, my divine Jesus, to send me a humiliation whenever I try to set myself above others. I know, O oh my God, that you humble the proud soul, but to the one who humbles herself you give an eternity of glory. So I want to put myself in the last rank and to share your humiliations so as to have a share with you in the kingdom of heaven. But you know my weakness, Lord. Every morning I make a resolution to practice humility, and in the evening I recognize that I have committed again many faults of pride. At this I am tempted to become discouraged, but I know that discouragement is also pride. Therefore, O oh my God, I want to base my hope in you alone. Since you can do everything, deign to bring to birth in my soul the virtue I desire. To obtain this grace of your infinite mercy, I will very often repeat, O oh Jesus, gentle and humble of heart, make my heart like yours. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, like I said, that was a potent prayer. There's much to ponder in that prayer alone, especially on humility, which leads to the title of this conversation, Humility, the Bedrock of Prayer and Spiritual Growth. Last week, we did the first in the series, and today is the second. I don't know if we'll do a third one or not, but <laughs> there's always more to learn, right? Um, so at this time, I want to introduce um, my guest. Um, his name is Chris Cotter. He is a fully professed and vowed Discast Carmelite secular member. He's a husband and father of four, a grandfather of 13. Um, he's a physical therapist, so he's in the healing profession. He's an adult education catechist. I'm, I, and they are spoiled, I tell you, because he is a great teacher. He's a formator, has, has been a formator in our um, OCDS community and a member of the parish evangelization team. And he's been a guest on Carmelite Conversations in the past. So with great joy, Chris, I welcome you back to Carmelite Conversations. Thank you, Francis. It's always good to be with you. 
Well, good. Um, we have a lot to talk about. You know, back in 2009, Chris, uh, you gave a presentation to our Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites community here in Dayton, Ohio, and it was on humility. And it was so good. I remembered it <laughs> this many years later. We're in 2016, and it was such an excellent presentation. As we began talking about humility, I remembered your presentation, and I thought, oh, boy, it would be great to have Chris Cotter back on the program with us to talk about this um, topic, humility. So I want to start with this question, Chris. Um, how did you come to the point of appreciating how important humility is for prayer and growth in the spiritual life? Well, this uh, began, I guess, about 18 or 20 years ago. In the back of our church, I found one of these little blue prayer books, and in it there was a prayer called The Litany of Humility. And I'm sure many people are familiar with it. And when I read it for the first time, I thought, I'm not going to pray that prayer. <laughs> yeah. Because it attacked everything that I was about. Oh, you know? wow. And then I decided, well, maybe I better pray that prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I began praying that prayer every day, and I prayed that prayer every day for years. Now I pray it sporadically, but not every day. But I still find it to be very powerful and very challenging. And I remember those uh, phrases from the litany, and I, they come to me as I'm tempted to pride and things like that at different times. So. Well, that's really beautiful, and, and I challenge anybody um, to get that litany of humility out. You can find that easily online, um, and I think we used it as our closing prayer from our first in this series. Um, so last week, that was our closing prayer, in fact. Well, you know, Jesus is the perfect model of humility with Mary, our mother, after him, and then, of course, the saints, because, I mean, you can't be a saint without humility, right? <laughs> So I want to ask you, Chris, which Carmelite saint helped you the most in growing in humility and why? Well, that's easy. Uh, I had a devotion to St. Therese long before I was a Carmelite. And I was always impressed with her little way. And like the prayer we just heard, her um, complete dependence on God for everything. You know, even she said she had no... no um, merits of her own. She was depending on God to bring her to himself. Uh, just um, a tremendous example of practicing that first beatitude, poverty of spirit. So can you give me a quick example of something you learned early on that helped you um, practice the humility? You know, was there a story that you remember about her? From Therese? Yes. The broken pot or the broken vase. Oh, the broken pot <laughs> or vase. Yeah. Oh, I, I know yeah. we're going to talk about that yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So just want to kind of give the teaser here to our, our listening audience, and, and we'll let you expand upon that in, in just a little bit. Okay. So, all right. Well, um, you know, our Lord, of course, exemplified humility in all its perfection in his birth, just coming to earth and becoming man, um, divine and human. And of course, he showed us humility in all of his actions. But he also spoke about it and encouraged us to be humble. And I know, Chris, that you have some scripture passages for us that will help us to um, understand what the Lord was saying. Well, Luke eighteen fourteen says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but he who humbles himself will be exalted. And um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church in number 2559 says that humility is the foundation of prayer. 
Um, that's worth pondering more. We should ask ourselves, how are we growing in humility? What attitudes and actions am I making? Right, because humility um, is the foundation of a holy and a saintly life. So uh, how can you tell us about this? Um, you know, humility is the foundation of prayer. But, you know, yes, how are we growing? What attitudes and actions am I making? Um, you know, we're going to talk about that. And you brought a whole list for us that we'll, we'll get to. So um, perhaps you, you can give us kind of a, an, uh, an image of uh, where, how Christ is trying to reach us. Yeah, one of the um, great passages from Revelation 3, chapter 20, it says, um, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me. So Jesus wants to come into our hearts fully. But if our hearts are full with pride, he can't come in. We have to humble ourselves and ask him to come in. It kind of reminds me of the uh, holy card I see of Jesus knocking on this door. And then I'm thinking of all those hoarder shows that you see on TV. There's so much stuff in there you can barely get in the door, right? So we got to ask ourselves, is that what our interior looks like? Do we have so many things stuffed in there? Uh, and pride being the root of all of that. Ooh, geez, we're, we're in trouble if that's the case. Um, and then there's something from Matthew um, that helps us focus in on humility. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Take my yoke upon you and learn for me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. That's Matthew eleven twenty nine. What does that say to you, Chris? Humility is, Jesus is the model for humility. And so if we want to learn about humility, we need to look at Jesus and figure out how he was humble, how he humbled himself obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. His act of condescension from leaving the right hand of his father to become human just like us in everything but sin. Beautiful. And I was reflecting on James 4, verse 6. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. That that should be some real good spiritual ammo for us to help us practice humility. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. But I'd sort of like to now get turned to what is the root uh, of this word humility? Well, it comes from the word humble. And the origin of the word humble is the Latin word humus, which means ground. So from the ground. This reminds us of what the priest says when distributing ashes on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday. Yes. When he says, remember, O man, that you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. And it also reminds us of the second creation account in Genesis chapter 2, where it says, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Now, that should help us to understand humility a lot more. We're nothing but dust, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nothing but dust. Transformed well, by grace. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad you added that because there's hope for us all because Jesus is with us. You know, St. Teresa of Avila's definition of humility, Mark and I brought up last week. Um, St. Teresa said, humility is to walk in truth. So, you know, 
humility, knowing yourself, knowing God, know who you are in relation to him is the truth. And to walk uh, means the action that, you know, the actions that we are going to take, that we are going to act in accordance of the truth of who we are and who we are in relationship to God. So that leads us to the question that we heard in the Passion, what is truth? And Teresa tells us the truth is that of ourselves, we can do nothing. We are simply creatures made by God and held in existence by him. And and that kind of reminds me, you know, all of our gifts come from God. And, and in James 1, verse 17, we have every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of heavenly lights. I remember getting a poster of that when I was in junior high. I just loved that saying. Um, and that has stayed with me. Teresa also is known for saying, when all is said, truth suffers, but never dies. And that's from her letters. And, you know, I, I can't help but think uh, that that's the truth for this day. Truth is suffering in our day. And some want to obliterate the truth. They, they just want to obliterate the truth just like they tried to obliterate Jesus. Anyway, we, we have much to pray about, right? <laughs> but let's get to the point. Chris, why is humility so important? It's important because it's the uh, foundation of prayer and the foundation of growth in the spiritual life. So it should be the bedrock of our spiritual lives. St. Teresa tells her nuns, if you wish to lay good foundations, each of you must strive to be least of all, which is what Jesus also taught. And we know that's not so easy because we... Especially in America, I think we want to be the best of all, right? <laughs> but to be the best of all, we need to be the least of all, at least uh, um, if we want to be humble. And so uh, I like that Teresa said we must strive. You know, uh, we may not get it perfected. Uh, more than likely, we don't, but because there's always room to grow, right? Um, so uh, the point is this, that we, we head in that direction and we do our best. And of course, asking for the grace of God to help us to strive to be the least of all. Now, you know, how would that play out in your life? I think when we uh, get to uh, the end of the program where Chris has brought up all these ways of how to practice humility, we'll, we'll give you some tangible ways to, to do that, how to strive to be the least of all. Now, Teresa Vavala said some other things for us um, that help us understand the importance of humility. Well, her definition to uh, walk in the truth has to do with the truth about myself. Right. So for Teresa, self-knowledge was extremely important. And Mm -hmm. she says that even though, even if you were raised right up to the heavens, I should like you never to relax your cultivation of it so long as you are on this earth. Nothing matters more to us than humility. Right. So self-knowledge will help us grow in humility. And to know how to remember that God is God and I'm not. You know? Right, right. That's important. Uh, yeah. And I think the deeper you you get in prayer, especially in the transforming contemplative, uh, the gift of contemplation, that degree of prayer, the more you realize the truth of that. And I think that's why Teresa of Avila often refers to herself as a worm, because she, as she grows in the prayer, she's seeing more and more the the, the greatness of God. So um, it helps helps to put things in right alignment. 
You know, I wonder why she referred to herself as a worm, and then it occurred to me she might have been referring, got that from Psalm 22, where the psalmist, the psalmist says, I'm a worm and not a man. Ah. You know? So maybe she got that there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But certainly it's a, it's a humbling thing to, to acknowledge you're so far from God that you're nothing but a worm. Well, they, and they crawl in the dirt. Yes, <laughs> and that dirt, remember, we go to humus, which is the ground, <laughs> the dust. All right. And I know um, Teresa said some more uh, um, about this that, that I want you want to share here. Yeah. From the interior castle, her masterpiece, she said, we shall never succeed in knowing ourselves unless we seek to know God. Let us think of his greatness and then come back to our own baseness. By looking at his purity, we shall see our foulness. By meditating on his humility, we shall see how far we are from being humble. So two two really important things there. Looking at his purity to see our foulness and meditating on Christ's humility. So I have one more question, and then um, uh, we might be getting to the break here real soon. Um, what is the foundation, then, of spiritual growth? What would Teresa of Avila tell us? Well, it's... It's humility, of course. She says, for the foundation of this whole edifice, as I have said, is humility. And if you have not true humility, the Lord will not wish it to reach any great height. In fact, it is for your own good that it should not. If it did, it would fall to the ground. Therefore, if you wish to lay good foundations, each of you must try to be the least of all and the slave of God. And you must seek a way and means to please and serve all your companions. Well, and that's something we can do. Um, Seek a way and means to please and serve all our companions. That could be our family members. That could be people at work, uh, people in the store that we're shopping with. Um, So that is uh, something that we can strive for right there. And, you know, the secret, of course, is prayer um, because in praying, we learn who God is and who we are not. And in the knowledge of God, our love of God grows. Um, and in our knowledge of God, also our self-knowledge <laughs> grows. So it is in the act of praying that we are actually being formed and um, growing in our virtues. And then we go out in action. Uh, but, but taking time to pray is so important. I know St. Teresa has something to tell us about that as well. Yes, again from the interior castle, she says, If we turn from self towards God, our understanding and our will become nobler and readier to embrace all that is good. If we never rise above the sloth of our own miseries, we do ourselves a great disservice. Right, so very important. Turn from self towards God. You know, we can get stuck thinking of ourselves, um, ironically due to a lack of self-knowledge when we want to think of all about ourselves, because we have a fixed idea of ourselves thinking that we're humble, yet we can be very obsessed with ourselves at the same time. Um, I, I think that's a trick of the devil um, that prevents us from knowing ourselves and the ways of God. And we often seek satisfaction in things that aren't actually fulfilling, things that we think we need, but in which we really never find the true happiness that we're seeking, which can be only found in God. So it is with prayer and self-knowledge, as you pointed out, Chris, in those quotes of St. Teresa, prayer and self-knowledge, we gain perspective. 
And then we are able to really walk with God, like she says, to walk in the truth, to open our eyes to his graces in our lives, and then how we should respond to him. Um, We also will make better decisions this way, and we'll be more joyful and more fully able to give ourselves as gifts to others. So to live our lives as a prayer, a life of prayer is very, very important. And I have one more quote that I wanted to bring up before uh, we take our break. It's from Father Rodriguez, a discalced Carmelite friar. In his book, it's called The Teresian Gospel. It says, he says, Pride is not so much about attributing good qualities to ourselves as thinking that we have acquired them by our own efforts. (laughs) True humility is to acknowledge that all our good qualities come from God and all our deficiencies from ourselves. We read in the Catechism um, 2706, to the extent that we are humble and faithful, we discover in meditation the movements that stir the heart and we are able to discern them. It's a question of acting truthfully in order to come into the light. Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, you've been listening to Carmelite Conversations. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, um, my guest, Chris Cotter, is going to uh, talk to us more about this great virtue and give us some hands-on, tangible things that we can do to grow in humility. So we will be right back in just a few minutes. Thank you. This is the day. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad.
You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now return to our program, Carmelite Conversations. Welcome back to Carmelite Conversations here on Radio Maria, Christian voice in your home. And if you want to call in with some questions, we're talking about humility, the bedrock of um, the spiritual life. Um, and I have a guest with me, Chris Cotter, who is an OCDS member, uh, vowed and professed. And he uh, gave a presentation on humility to our community. And now we're going to get to the heart of your presentation, right, Chris? Okay. Yes, and I'm so glad I found this and saved it on my computer so that I could uh, point it at, at to it and say, "Hey, Chris, can you talk about this for us?" So, um, why don't why don't you start out uh, with how you introduced this presentation? Well, to first us. of all, I'm glad you remembered it because I had forgotten about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I began by quoting the secular order constitutions. It says, the vocation to the Theresian Carmel is a commitment to live a life of allegiance to Jesus Christ, pondering the Lord's law day and night and keeping watch in prayer. Faithful to this principle of the rule, St. Teresa placed prayer as the foundation and basic exercise of her religious family. For this reason, secular Carmelites, and I would say Christians in general, are called to strive to make prayer penetrate their whole existence in order to walk in the presence of the living God through the constant exercise of faith, hope, and love in such a way that the whole of their life is a prayer, a search for union with God. The goal will be to achieve the integration of experience of God with the experience of life, to be contemplatives in prayer and the fulfillment of their own mission. Well, that is such a potent beginning. So we understand that prayer is the foundation and the basic exercise of the Carmelite family. And, of course, like you said, the Christian life. Prayer is, is ultimate. So what is prayer? <laughs> well, if you go to the catechism, uh, they actually quote St. Therese. Oh, yes, they do. How <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so she says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. I love that definition, a yeah. surge of the heart and yeah. that, that the look. You know, you don't have to say anything. Right. Just that loving look or that, that look of help. <laughs> you know, I just love her definition. And the um, catechism goes on, or actually this comes first, I think, um, Prayer, then they quote St. John Damascene, prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. And then it goes into the importance of humility. It says, but when we pray, do we speak from the height of our pride and will or out of the depths of a humble and contrite heart? He who humbles himself will be exalted. Humiliation, hum humility is the foundation of prayer. Only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought, are we ready to receive freely the gift of prayer? Man is a beggar before God. And, you know, if we think that we already know how to pray, then we need to grow more in humility because that man is a beggar before God it really says a lot. Um, and so I know that you have found some scripture to help us understand um, the prayer and the humility that are so important. So can you give us an example of this right now? Well, you alluded to it before. It's, it's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where right. we have the 
Pharisee standing up in front of the synagogue, hands held up. It's, and it says, praying to himself. Does that mean he was praying silently or was he literally, literally praying to himself? Ah, good point. Yes. <laughs> uh, bragging bragging about all he does. I fast three times a week. I pay tithes on all I own. And he may truly have been doing and all of sure that. He was. Right. he was doing all those mm-hmm. things. You know. And then back in the back in the corner is this little tax collector hated by the Pharisee and others. Right. And he is praying. Um, he won't even raise his eyes to heaven, it says. And he says, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus ends the parable by saying, I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So when we pray, we acknowledge our own sinfulness, Mm -hmm. that we're beggars before God, and that uh, we avoid any uh, temptation to pride. Right. Patting ourselves on the back. Right, right. You know, because so many people uh, approach prayer like it's uh, something to be checked off your list or an achievement. I've done this many rosaries today. (laughs) And and the thing is, you know, we might have recited all those words, but did we really pray? Did we really connect with God? Did we really know who we were speaking with and what we were saying and what we were asking? And one of the dangers, St. Teresa points out, I think it's in the third dwelling place, is the danger for people who have gotten this far to become prideful. Look at all I'm doing for you, God. Yeah, the yeah. spiritual pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of, again, being a beggar before God. Right. And I think the more you grow, the more of a beggar you become, right? So, um, well, I appreciate you pointing that out. I believe that was from Luke chapter 18, 18 yes. uh-huh. uh, verse 9 through 14, in case anyone wants to go back. There's a couple of lines there that I think are good to take to prayer. You know, so I, I challenge you, you might want to take take that uh, scripture passage and, and ponder it and, and then put yourself in the story. And where would you fit? Would you be the, the Pharisee um, or would you be the tax collector here? All right, now I know that you went into some quotes from John of the Cross on humility. Would you share those with us? Sure. He says, what you seek and desire, union with God, you will not find by this way of yours, nor through high contemplation, but in much humility and submission of heart. You know, I think that's really important. I I know that comes from the sayings of light and love, um, because the point being here is that not everybody is going to experience high contemplation. Um, all are called, but so few respond favorably to God's call. And so, you know, that leaves you with, okay, well, if I'm not going to experience this high contemplation, I mean, I, I, I can prepare myself for it, but it is a gift. So I can't make that happen. That's not under my control. All I control is, you know, how well I prepare, but it's God's gift to the soul. But I do have the ability at all times to humble myself, right? Uh, and so when St. John of the Cross says, what you seek and desire, you will not find by this way of yours, nor through high contemplation. So how can we find it? How can we find the Lord, this union with the Lord? In much humility and submission of heart. I'm so glad John points that out. And he goes on with another quote. Yes, he says, again, from the sayings of light and love, he says, to be taken with love for a soul... God does not look on its greatness, but on the greatness of its humility. Mm. So he really confirms the value of humility. That's why we're doing more than one program on it. (laughs) 
And you know, um, I think Teresa has more to tell us about humility. Um, I, I love this quote, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal this one, Chris. <laughs> this is from The Way of Perfection. Teresa Vavla says, Humility drew the king from heaven to the womb of the virgin, and with it, by one hair, we will draw him to our souls. I really love this image, um, because this is where we get the saying, humility trumps the king. So if, if you really want to, uh, to uh, get God to answer your prayers. It's through your humility, right? Humility trumps the king. This is where I get that from and where I've heard it from. So uh, that leads me into this next question I have for you, Chris. What then is the measure of our spiritual growth? I think we've kind of talked all around it. I think we know the answer already. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) St. Teresa tells us it's humility. She says in the way of perfection and realize that the one who has more humility will be the one who possesses him more. And the one who has less will possess him less. So I, I say, you know, look around you. Who is the most humble person you know? And, and really study their humility. Uh, and this is a good humility, not a false humility. Uh, and, and what can you learn from their example? A, a living example. Of course, we have the Blessed Mother. We have the saints. And of of course, Jesus. But I mean, if you look at your where you're working or look in your family, which family member is the most humble? And, and how is it that they are practicing that? And what is it that you see that you can learn from? Remember a few years ago, we had a retreat master for one of our Carmelite retreats. And he talked about the importance of reading, of, of reading the way of perfection. He says, then when you get done, read it again. Uh-huh. And read it again, <laughs> and read it again, <laughs> right? Because it, there's so much stuff in it, and this is one of the great quotes from the Way of Perfection, Chapter Four. Uh, Saint Teresa says it is very important that we understand how much the practice of these three things helps us to possess inwardly and outwardly the peace our Lord recommended so heartily to us. The first of these is love for one another. The second is detachment from all created things. The third is true humility which even though I speak of at last, is the main practice and embraces all the others. Wow. So those three things, love, detachment, and humility. Humility is the foundation. The foundation, the bedrock. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why we're talking about it. So important. Um, she says in her book of life, believe me, in the presence of infinite wisdom, a little study of humility and one act of humility is worth more than all the knowledge of the world. And I had to wince when I read that <laughs> quote because I'm like, I have a lot of books. <laughs> Mark and I both have a lot of books and we read quite a lot. I was like, wow, you know, uh, how much emphasis am I putting on knowledge versus on the actual actions of humility? So, you know, it was a good examination of conscience for me right then and there. So I challenge you too, if you're a bookworm like Mark and I, you might want to be asking yourself, uh, you know, one act of humility is worth more than all the knowledge of the world. That's important. Remember St. Therese, when she passed the library as she was dying, when she was being pushed by her sisters in a wheelchair, she went by the library and said she was thankful that she had not read all those books. <laughs> Too many good prayers, she said. Well, because, they, because it would have made her head sore right. and it would have taken time away from just loving Jesus. Right, right. And, and that's a very important point. Well, so um, let's have a little study now about how to grow 
in humility. Chris, in what ways can we grow in this great virtue of humility? Well, it is a virtue, so we can seek it and we can pray for it. We can ask God to increase our humility. St. Teresa herself said, again, from the way of perfection, she says, I ask you, my sisters, for the love of the Lord, to recommend to his majesty this poor little thing and beg him to give her humility. Right. So prayer and asking others to pray for that for you, too. So prayer and intercession. But that's going to come at a cost, too. (laughs) Ah, tell us about that. If we're going to if we're going to experience greater humility, we're probably going to be humiliated Ah. on the path to humility. Mm, Boy, are we ready for this? (laughs) We better pray that, that we can respond favorably to this because humiliations are not fun. But if we can look at them differently. I think we can embrace them better. All right, go ahead. So she says also meditation is the basis for acquiring all the virtues. And to undertake it, meditation is a matter of life and death for all Christians. So in our meditation, we can meditate on the humility of Jesus, which we really haven't touched on much. But but he's the the foundation of of humility, as as was Mary. Okay, well, the, the, uh, the great kenosis passage from... Philippians chapter 2, where it says he emptied himself and took the form of a slave. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, while retaining his, his divine personhood, left his father and came and became a human being like us in all things but sin. Now, that's a great act of condescension, a great act uh-huh. of humiliation. Because we're lower uh, than the angels, at least well, temporarily. And, and so if, if you or I became an amoeba, that act of condescension would be nothing compared to what Jesus did in becoming human. <laughs> Good analogy. Yeah. And so, so there's great humility there. You right. know, he was always obedient to his father. He obeyed the laws. You know, you remember the, remember the uh, story of getting the, the, the two coins? They, they, they got the coins from the fish because he wanted to obey the law even though he himself was above the law. Mm-hmm. So he was always obedient, you know, um, always seeking the will of his father above anything else. All right. What, so we've got prayer and intercession and meditation. What, what else? Well, um, Teresa says, um, and since I have said we recite the Our Father so many times in a day, let us delight in it and strive to learn from so excellent a master the humility with which he prays, mm-hmm. learning from Jesus, the way he prays to the Father. Yeah, those seven petitions to ponder the Our Father in depth is a, a very great thing to do for one's spiritual growth indeed. All right, and I know she's got more. You've got a well, list here, so I'm going to let you Saint keep Teresa going. was really big on self-knowledge. Right. Knowing yourself, not in a kind of secular way, but knowing ourselves from a spiritual standpoint, recognizing that we're beggars before God. So she says, along this path of prayer, self-knowledge and the thought of one's sins is the bread with which all pallets must be fed, no matter how delicate they may be. They cannot be sustained without this bread. Once the soul sees that it is now submissive and understands clearly that it, that it has nothing good of itself and is aware of both being ashamed before so great a king and of repaying him so little of the great amount it owes him, what need is there to waste time here? Right. You know, remember her, her conversion, you know, when she was 39 years old and she she saw that statue of the wounded Christ, you know, and she realized she had never thanked him so much that she you know, got down on the floor in great tears, begging him to strengthen her so she wouldn't offend him again. Right. You know. And, you know, 
sometimes we sit there and we think um, of all of these gifts, you know, how many of these gifts that we have not said thank you for, that we have not appreciated, or that we've said no to, that we did not even accept, and how maybe, you know, if God gave those graces to someone else, how they might have done a much better job and a much better steward of those uh, gifts than uh, I myself have been. So there's much to ponder in that. Um, so that leads us into... Um, you know, some of the acts of humility. I know you have picked some acts of humility that, that we can focus on here. Well, for Teresa, obedience was everything. Mm-hmm. She believed in obedience. And she says, again, from the way of perfection, strive to obey, even if this may be more painful for you, since the greatest perfection lies in obedience. And I can think of many times when it's hard to obey, especially when maybe somebody's wrong. <laughs> But but yet, if you're if they have authority over you, uh, you know, um, then we are supposed to obey that law unless it's, you know, um, a, an immoral law. Of course, we wouldn't obey that. But anybody who's got legal authority over us, uh, especially because we're not in the uh, convent, like in the convent, of course, you had superiors and you had those who were teaching you and, and that was informed. But in, in the laity, in the world, you know, you've got your bosses, you, you've got, you know, the authority of the household, the fathers, or if the, you don't have a father in the household, the mother, you know, so parents, their authority over their children and how important obedience is for the children. Well, St. Paul says in Ephesians, husbands and wives should defer to one another. And so there's an act of obedience there. You know, when my wife Linda asked me to do something, I should do it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, you telling me a story about that one day where, where it kind of dawned on you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I hope she's listening now. So, <laughs> but, but, um, but, but yeah, you know, when, when somebody asks us to do something, if there's no reason why we can't, we can do it. You know, right. And for no good reason. And that leads to something called the, what many people call the sacrament of the present moment. Okay. So Romans uh, 8.28 says, we know that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love us, who have been called according to his purpose. And so the idea here is that God's providence, God's love is always with us. Right. And God does not allow anything in our, lives, in our lives that is not of his will. Right. And so we need to obey the circumstances of our lives, too. Something comes along, and I can do a lot of kicking and screaming, either literally or internally, and not accept what God is presenting to me as an opportunity to grow in holiness. So there's, there's great humility in that, accepting it, detaching myself from the things that might want me to get away from it, and just accepting it as God's will for me at this moment, because nothing happens in God's world by accident. I often think of that while I'm preparing for Carmelite conversations and I'm studying, I'm reading a book and I'm in intense, you know, into my studying, you know, um, and all of a sudden somebody comes along and mom, would you? <laughs> and I'm like, really right now <laughs> it's going to break my concentration. I'm like, okay, that's God's call. And I have to remind myself. Sometimes I have to talk myself through it <laughs> to remind myself that, yes, I'm, I need to take this little break and, and do this act of charity, um, for whoever is asking for my help. So that's important. Um, and, and you have some more here for us. Well, St. Teresa says, I see that not making excuses for oneself is a habit characteristic of high perfection. And very meritorious. It gives great edification. Right. Not making excuses for oneself, not defending oneself, even when 
when accused unjustly. She says, um, the truly humble person must, in fact, desire to be held on little esteem, persecuted, and condemned without fault, even in serious matters. That's a hard statement. That's a hard one for yeah. people to, to hear. Well, it's a hard one for me to hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm saying in, in this day and age, we're thinking a lot about people who are being persecuted um, and and false accusations. And, you know, in just the little things, I try to practice this, and I really want to defend myself, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a challenge, but we have to practice it in the little ways so that if a big moment comes along, we will be faithful to the Lord and only be concerned what gives glory to the Lord. Yeah, this is one of those things that Therese understood, which she probably learned from St. Teresa. And, um, Therese the Little Flower, right? Therese the Little Flower, okay. yes. She probably learned it from St. Teresa. Uh, and it had to do with the, um, the broken vase, which we mentioned earlier. And so what happened was th- there was a vase broken somewhere in the monastery, and she was accused of breaking it, and she didn't do it, you know. And so she, it, says, it says in the text, she kissed the ground, and um, said she wouldn't do it again. But then she says, because of her lack of virtue, it cost her greatly. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you, you know, I, I know from experience doing these things, it costs greatly. You feel yourself being ripped inside, you know, to, to uh, make an act of humiliation like that. But the irony of that is, is that when we feel like we're descending spiritually, we're probably ascending. You know, as a result uh-huh. of our act of humiliation, self-humiliation. Yeah, because that one act of humility is worth it's, more it, than all the knowledge in the world. As St. Teresa said, yeah. So, and this is all done in imitation of Jesus, who mm-hmm. did not defend himself. Right. So in allowing ourselves to be blamed unjustly, what does Teresa tell us? Uh, she says, rejoice when being blamed unjustly, and time will be witness to the benefit who will see in your it, you will see in your soul, for you begin to gain freedom and don't care if they say good or evil of you, but rather think what is being said as though it were another affair, it were another, another's affair. But there's one exception, right? What, what's the exception and The exception here? is that if you, if it led to scandal, right. and if you didn't defend yourself and it led to scandal or cause other problems, then you should defend yourself. All right. Well, I know on... On wise discretion, it's important to know, um, you know, who you're following. Um, there's no time for believing everyone. Believe only those whom you see modeling their lives on the life of Christ and endeavor always to have a good conscience, practice humility, despise all worldly things and believe firmly in the teaching of our Holy Mother, the Roman Church. That's Teresa giving us uh, wise counsel on discretion. You know, who are you following? Who are your friends? That's important. And then, of course, another thing you can do is you can ask uh, your superior or, or your family members or your boss uh, to give you orders to do some lowly task. Better yet, choose to do it yourself. <laughs> choose to clean the toilets when it's not your turn, right? <laughs> All right. Um, and go about studying how to double your willingness to do things contrary to your nature. You know, uh, I know it's not uh, my children's job to take out the trash that's usually my job but boy i really like it when they'd stoop to do it instead of me (laughs) um and but it's good for all of us so um we're gonna run through a couple more here rather quickly um so that we can uh, get to our closing prayer so just um so teresa again says 
Take careful note of interior stirrings, especially if they have to do with privilege or rank. God deliver us from dwelling on such thoughts as, I have seniority, I am older, I have done more work, the other is treated better than I. Such thoughts must be quickly cut off. And let's do uh, one more. Uh, the virtue of humility is especially important in the spiritual life. It consists of accepting and being content with the path on which our Lord leads us. That means not always wanting consolations. As St. Teresa says, we don't know what we are asking for. Leave it to the Lord. He knows what is best for us. Well, you've given us a lot of food for thought there. And I know we had more material here to share, but uh, we're limited in our time. But I thank you, Chris, for coming on to Comerlite Conversations and sharing um, your presentation on humility with us. I think you've given us a lot to ponder. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure And come back again. (laughs) All right. Um, I just want to challenge our listeners to examine yourself daily regarding how you're practicing the virtue of humility and make a point of making at least one act of humility each day. All right? I'll do that with you. Let's do it together. One act of humility at least each day. And we're going to go to our closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Father, give us the humility which realizes its ignorance, admits its mistakes, recognizes its need, welcomes advice, accepts rebuke. Help us always to praise rather than to criticize, to sympathize rather than to discourage, to build rather than to destroy, and to think of people at their best rather than at their worst. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Maria and to Carmelite Conversations. We'll be back again with you next week. Until then, God bless. Music